Hello, this is Chris O'Regan, and you're listening to The Sausage Factory. This is episode 307 of The Sausage Factory. Welcome! In this episode I chat to Nicholas Rivard of Ubisoft about the latest instalment of the Assassin's Creed series, Valhalla. Yeah, that's right. Don't always do indie games on this show. No! We also do AAA stuff as well. And this is what we're doing this week. It's got a bit of a special because we've decided to release it a little bit early. Normally we release it on a Friday, but... We thought we'd do give a bit of a special, you know. After all, people are talking about this game, rightly so. It's really, really good. One of the best Assassin's Creed games out there, so or they've made thus far. So, without further ado, I'm sure you want to listen to Nicholas chat about how him and his vast team created Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So, me from actually earlier today, the time of recording this not so distant past if you could take it away please Nicola hello who are you and what do you do I am Nicholas Rivard and I am uh, art director visual design on Assassin's Creed Valhalla you are indeed and that's that's the the, the small niche title yeah, it's a small niche title, might not have heard of it. We can do that joke only for a few seconds, and then people go, really, Chris, really? <laughs> it's, a, it's a complicated title. It used to be yes. called Presentation Director at Ubisoft, but they kind of changed it because I'm touching a bit to marketing and the, right. and the design of the UI and uh, stuff like that. So there's a bridge, and that, that, that's where the, the complicated title came in. Cool. And it's just really <laughs> difficult to, when you're in... in involved with such a vast project and I don't like using the word project because it implies it's something else uh, endeavour is a better one is a better word and it's, you know, you're going to have to wear lots of hats anyway and to encompass it in a title is nigh impossible but you did a good job so well thank you 
<laughs> How did you make your start making video games, sir? Oh, I come I come from the web design uh, industry, and I uh, I jumped uh, afterwards into the advertising. But I was always a big, big, big gamer. And uh, I used to have that web studio where we do crazy website uh, with a couple of people that some of them, and one in particular, my friend Frank, uh, went to Ubisoft like eight years ago, I think. And uh, at some point, I got a call and he said, dude, why don't you come and make video games with us? And I said, well, you know, uh, I mean, I'm in the go, I'm in the... I'm leveling up in the uh, in the advertising industry. Uh, I'm about to become a creative director. Uh, I don't know what am I gonna do. Am I gonna do game? Am I too old for that? He says, "Stop that nonsense. Just come and have, have a chat with the team and the producer and the creative director, and see how you feel it." And then next thing you know, I was not a guy who needed to be convinced. I needed to convince them that I would be a great presentation director slash whatever the title is, and uh, it was quite a ride. Because I had no uh, experience in game produ- and game design as a dev, but uh, my gaming background and my enthusiasm uh, towards game and my uh, graphic design and art direction uh, experience convinced them. So I joined the team for Valhalla, which is my first AAA game, I can say, and I'm really proud of it. Wow, that's quite a shift across because it sounds like the mere, let's say, the core to it is your enthusiasm for the medium itself. Oh, totally. I mean, without that enthusiasm, I, I don't think the, I don't think that you you can make it uh, like till the the finish line. You no. do need a lot of enthusiasm. Yeah, and it's just people don't get it. Is the those who sort of look objectively outside or just sort of like maybe play the odd game of I don't know um, threes or something bad example <laughs> take a drink everyone I said threes it's my favourite mobile game but uh, um, just the, the, the fact that it, video games encompass all the other mediums in one vast shell you know they, they music you know narration fiction creation and then you have you know the, of course the visual arts as well and in many different guises everything from a still piece a piece of art to actually the interaction of said and uh and it does uh, i marvel at the fact you have musicians spending years writing an album and like you're just making 12 tracks <laughs> i know i respect your art but you're just you've we've got a whole army of people doing more than just 12 tracks <laughs> oh totally that's well said there's so many parts involved from all over the place to create a video game like you said it's it, it got it all everything's mm. in there what are the things that surprised you most when you started in the industry? What's the one thing you think, I had no idea that this was, this was like this, without well, getting the, the into first, trouble? The first <laughs> thing that, that surprised me is the amount of people needed to produce a game like that uh, in a three years' time. And uh, I think it's phenomenal. I think at first I was I was coming from a, from an agency that had not that many people and I was used to a smaller, a tighter team. But when I saw the floor and I saw all those creative, all those programmers, all the core team sit, sitting in the same big room and all that buzzing going on, obviously that was before COVID, <laughs> uh, but uh, it was mesmer. It was crazy. I was like, oh my God, I had the, I had a, um, my head was spinning, to be honest with you, mm. on my first day, because I said, how am I going to fit into that? big thing you know mm. how am i gonna find myself my, my spot into that 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 maze but 
you know, the next day, uh, I started to realize, like, understand more what people were doing. And, I, and when I was playing the previous Assassin's Creed, I see the result is astonishing. It's, it's crazy how many people can work on that project and create something so cohesive. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah that, that's, that's what I hold you. Yes, it's not, it's not perfect all the time, but there's, it's a package. It's, a, it's consistent. It's tied up together. And you cannot say that, oh, the naval part was developed in Singapore, and this part was developed in Kiev, and this part was developed in Sofia. But it's, it's, it's how, how we do it. And uh, I think it, uh, it's, it's impressive. Yeah, to say the least. And it's like, to think, we started with Pong, <laughs> which was made by two people in a garage. And then it's now, you know, these vast epics that people make and hundreds, indeed thousands of people are involved with their creation. It's but astonishing. You just have to do it that way. I don't think you need always a thousand people to make a great game. But, no. You know, no. That. but Ubisoft, Ubisoft is a... Uh, it's got a big team going on. It's it's a well-oiled machine, and uh, mm. yeah, it could be impressive, very impressive indeed. Indeed. So, my next question. This is for regular listeners will know is what's known as the nebulous question. The question is very difficult to answer, but I have to ask it as because you're a creator of things. So, mm. would you believe and you can answer this for yourself or your team or both? I don't mind. But what do you believe are your biggest influences? And it could be anything, absolutely anything. What do you think that that you keep on orbiting around, whether you like it or not? You always find yourself going, what, that again? Uh, what, what, what is it, the thing that you, not in like negative way, but just thinking, I, I can't help myself. It's that thing I've, I keep on being driven by. What do you think that is? Uh, well, one thing that drove me to... Uh... To, 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 that brought me to the video game industry is obviously the game of my life, which is right. World of Warcraft. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm not the only one, but this game for me is have an influence on not not because I want to re- want to make a game exactly like wow. That's not the point. I think what I'm trying to say is this game is core to my life. It did something to me, and it made me. Uh, it gave me a community. It gave me a sense of adventure. It, it likes. It's it it sparked the the. It started the flame, I think that pushed me to to become a game dev at some point. So it will always have an influence uh, on me. Uh, not like I said, because I want. I, I wish I could build game that have such an impact on players, on people. Uh, other things that influence me. Like because I'm a UI, uh, because I, I take care of the UI and the game, the design of it, uh, uh, how, how it works a bit, and how it looks, uh, and the branding of the game. I'm a big Kojima fan, so Kojima has got a huge influence on me because I, since the early Metal Gear game, he's got a really, he's taking, a, they take really good care of the UI, and they got always a super sharp, consistent UI. So that that influenced me a lot, and I'm still going back. Uh, to to look at this project to make sure that okay, uh, <laughs> I'm not comparing myself, but is is it is it is it in the same bracket? Um, so that I mean, that's video game wise the mm. influence I have on me. But other other than this, I mean, you can go. I, I'm a big comic book fan, so I'm a big Frank Miller fan. There's a drama in Frank Miller that's always a bit me something noir, but something really interesting. So those are a big influence in my life. Then music. Then, if we want to go in music, 
I can see the pixies, and I'm going to oh, start there. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, I no, remember no, seeing no. them live in the late 80s. Oh, so I'm very old. But yeah, yeah. they were, a, yeah. It's funny, it's funny that we talked about how many people it takes to create a video game, a big video game, but let's talk about World of Warcraft. Like They, they yeah. started it, there were a bunch of people in a, in a small office and they were paying the, the staff yeah. with their credit card at the end before it launched. So there was, there was no thousand people in no. the studio. So you can, you can do marvelous things with a small group, but still you need that synergy. synergy. Am I saying it right? Yeah, by the way, it, yeah. I, I'm, I'm French-Canadian, so mm. sorry for the accent. And if sometimes I'm looking for my words, it's not because I'm a... <laughs> no, we, 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 <laughs> we've had people from all over the world cool. on the show. Excellent. And uh, what I do is in that reaction is I do a very British thing. Because I can't speak a word of uh, any language apart from English because I'm British, because reasons that we needn't go into. But we are both subjects of the Queen, so there is that. But, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but the, 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 the point is that I generally slow my speech down to help you, you know, just to give you a bit of quarter. Because oh, I could go full, full pelt, but you won't understand a word I'm saying. Uh, uh, I, would, I would have some trouble. And if I, I was going... <laughs> Full Quebec French. Yeah, uh, uh, you would think I speak uh, an yeah. alien language. Yes, it would be. Yeah, it. yeah, <laughs> yes. But um, I mean, you also mentioned World of Warcraft. I'd like to point it out to my listeners. The guests said World of Warcraft, so you can't take a drink. Just pointing that out. Uh, but okay. I do make reference to to World. Of, I, I love that game. I adore it. I remember being part of a forty man raid taking down Nefarian. One of my most extraordinary um, experiences in my life like 40 like-minded people all trying to take down this ridiculous creature that was absurd uh, and the whole dance and it is a dance you had to compete yeah. it's uh yeah i'll never forget it but uh, yeah um blizzard did a good thing with that i still think and they're they're still rolling i think they got their yeah. issues and there's yeah, so many yeah. players that they, they are torn apart but the, we're, the, we're talking right now, and tonight is the launch of Shadowlands. And it is. I can tell yeah. you, I am ready. I am Me too. Ready to go in there. I, friends. I, yeah, yeah, are you? Yeah, yeah. For I'm, the Alliance. I'm, yeah, for I'm, 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 I'm horde. But. Uh, it's, it's fine. We're part of the family. Yeah. Family that's throwing axes at each other. It's Indeed, fine. and yelling. Um, so, I think I know the answer to this next question, or maybe I don't. Um, but. Uh, I do like to ask this of developers because they know realizes they're not living in a bubble. Definitely, the best developers are not. And I'd just like to ask you a question: What developer do you most admire in, in the industry, and why? Uh, I, I think, like I, I, I talked about Kojima mm. uh, in my influence. I think I admire him a bit because he always try to go out out of the out of the box. Yeah, uh, he's uh, he's taking. He took huge risk by leaving uh, the, the previous company, and so mm. uh, I think, and I think it's a it's a it's a unique game, and he, 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 I think he always tries to go for that unique feeling in a game, and I, I really uh, really admire that because for sure it's not easy to create a new uh, mechanic, totally new something something that player players never experienced before. It's risky, you know. It's mm. risky because if if players don't like it when you developed it for three, four, five years, then you 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 you're, you're done. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I really I really admire uh, developers who takes risks. And, yeah. And, uh, who can uh, you know I, I I admire small studios uh, that that come up with something fresh and make it their way to the top. And I also admire big studios 
who are uh, you know reaching for for originality and uh, at some time um, you know uh, going for quality so there's a that's what that's what I admire in the game dev yeah I, last year don't know if you've recognized this but there's a lot of weird and esoteric games that came out in a good way and Death Stranding was definitely one of them yeah. uh, Outer Wilds was my favorite Wow, what a game. If you haven't played it yet, highly recommend it. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, no, but yeah, Death Stranding and Outer Wilds and uh, yeah. and there's very weird and wonderful games that asked difficult questions. That's the point. That's what they did. They asked the questions of the player. Are you? This is the way you think, right? Yeah, but it's not actually how it is, how it is, is it? Oh, yeah. And they just asked difficult questions. And it not necessarily yeah, totally. gave you an answer, but it's just like, you know, that's good. Also, people are used to play a game a certain way, so when you mm. throw a curveball at them, sometimes they could react like different ways, you know? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's, it's positive, sometimes it's negative, but throwing the curveball for me is the is the ballsy move. Yeah, and sometimes it doesn't work, and that's fine, because yeah. we learn from that. But when Absolutely. it works, when you it need works... To fail. You need to fail to achieve greatness. <laughs> yes. And succeed, because I yep. do think we learn from successes as well. People don't talk about that nearly enough. Because mm-hmm. I know you guys do, because you you build from that. We're going to talk about that in the second half of the show. But uh, before we do that, we've got one last question of the first half. See, you made it. Well done. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay, I'm still alive. Yeah. Is uh, so I have to ask you this because it's a video game podcast. So what are you playing right now? Well, right now I'm playing uh, World of Warcraft. Yes. Uh, I did play. Uh, I did replay. Uh, 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 my Witcher, because <gasps> Witcher uh, three, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, because yeah. I, 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 you know, at some point I always come back to play a bit of Witcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. I missed it. Yeah, and uh, I'm, uh, I'm waiting. Uh, I'm making some space. I need to play Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, me too. Because I didn't have time uh, during the the, the 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 production of Valhalla, but mm. I heard many great things about what they did, and I can't wait to see it. So I'm gonna play that during my Christmas vacation. And I'm uh, so, but but now it's Shadowland time, and then I'm waiting obviously for Cyberpunk. Who's not? <laughs> Who's not? Who is not? Who is it at this I, point? <laughs> I can't wait for them to launch that game. I'm, I, I, you know, the postponing of the game. They must be working so hard right now. I know. And I'm feeling for all those guys. If any devs from Cyberpunk is listening to me right now, man, I feel you, and I can't wait to play your game. And I'm sure it's going to be. It's really a difficult conversation to have, and we can't, you know, even broach it at this point. But yeah, you know, people yep. they they may you know they like they've they've set their bar really high because of the the Witcher legacy, but uh, and that's something they well deserve because I remember the first one. People still talk about the first one. It's a great game, weird, but it was a good game, and uh, oh, totally. And uh, the combat was a bit clunky, but then again, it they were they were again taking risks and. It's sometimes it didn't work, sometimes it did, but uh, they are an influence on the most RPG. And, yeah, uh, we yeah. we and uh, Assassin's Creed got influenced by The Witcher. There's yeah. no way to uh, uh, to, uh, to to uh, to deny that, and it's great. And yeah. uh, I I hope that we can you know continue on evolving this genre to to surprise people. Yeah, in the future. It's a. Uh, I mean, I've been playing them for actual decades actual decades um, the first one I played that is an action adventure game was probably Turner Nog which is a Celtic legend um, game from 
four? No, three. I gotta add so, that to my uh, yeah. my wish list. Just look it up. Look it up. Look up Turnanog. It's based in uh, I was gonna say Irish Celt- Irish Celtic legends. So fascinating period, and not a lot of people know about it. Uh, not nearly enough, in my humble opinion. But uh, it's a, it's one that sort of uh, exists alongside uh, Norse, which we'll talk about in presently. But uh, they are influenced by each other, but they're also very distinct. Fascinating. But uh, Kelp. Yeah. So um, let's, uh, well, I think we've covered the first half. Let's move on to the second half, where we delve deep Excellent. into Assassin's Creed Valhalla. My friends say Valhalla, and I say, no, no, no. No, no, no. It's, it's Valhalla. Valhalla, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, to, and, and French got... people, they, they, they destroy the, the power in that word, you know? Valhalla. Well, it's yeah. It's like, Valhalla? <laughs> Valhalla. So, <laughs> what are you playing, Assassin's Creed? Valhalla? <laughs> I shut up. Now. Yeah, no, that's fine. It's just, speaking personally, this, this, is, this is basically, when, when, when you announced it, I went, oh, that's, that's my heritage, because... My I am uh, surname is O'Regan, so Irish, but we're from, from Southern Ireland, very deep sort of southern coast. And if you go to Southern Ireland, that part of Ireland, uh, which is Cork, um, the accent is very similar to certain Scandinavian countries. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> because it's basically goes sing song up and down, up still speaking oh, English, but it's like a sing song. And I have blazing blue eyes. I do. And uh, all of my family have these very very uh, pronounced blue eyes. So you got so, Norse blood. I have got a lot. Yeah, with Viking. For sure. Yeah, for so sure. Being Valhalla, you must feel at home. <laughs> I do. I do, my friend. So that's, before- why you, that's what you say. It's so perfectly. Done. <laughs> it's great. So that's why it's in my blood, and uh, I got the temper. Oh well. Oh well. You know, I, I'm, and it's not. Uh, it's, it's not. You know, we have people have blind rage. It's not blind. 
Vikings don't have uh, a blind rage. You know that from research. You know it's not now blind. That you talk about that. <laughs> I, I have blue eyes and I have a temper too. Maybe I've got some Norse blood. You probably. A, yeah, but I'm half Italian, so I was blaming the Italians for my temper. But now, man, maybe there's some Norse mixed <laughs> Norse. Italian in there. Yeah. So that's a that's a very dangerous mix. Indeed, and it's a controlled <laughs> it's a controlled rage. That's the point. Yeah. It's a controlled rage. Yeah, it is. So it um, is. before we delve deep, I need to I need what do you to put in your own words? What do you believe is, and just assuming no one's ever played an Assassin's Creed game, which is a fair assumption, my friend, because there are still a lot of people out there who haven't. Uh, I'm not one of them. I've played pretty much all of them. I'm not kidding. All the ones I liked the first one. It was great. It was just it was it took went places that I didn't expect, and it was wonderful. But being that as it may, in your own words, what do you believe is Assassin's Creed Valhalla? Assassin's Creed Valhalla is a good, great RPG where you follow Eivor, which is a Viking chieftain, through her or his saga uh, in, from Norway to England and even beyond. Uh, it's a, in less words, it's, it's the ultimate Viking fantasy out there within the universe of Assassin's Creed. Is yes. That good? That's it. That's it. And it's definitely, it is good. I'm going to expand a little bit more. So it's a third person action adventure stroke role playing game. And you're right, it is a role playing game. And I was was folly not to mention that because there are lots of stuff you can do and to modify. And we're going to talk about that later. But uh, yeah, it's much more um, you mold the character as you see fit. I'm personally, I did personally play it as the Shield Maiden. Because I think that was that, great choice. It was great just, choice. Because they're always because I watched the TV show Vikings, which was pretty good the first three seasons. Then it started to eat itself. <laughs> I, I agree with you on that. Subject. I finished it. I, I watched uh, the Last Kingdom. I, yeah, uh, yeah. I enjoyed the Last yeah, Kingdom. That's, that's better. But the first three, yeah. But then it started to never mind. Uh, <laughs> But, but the um, shield maiden, man, she's, yeah. she's incredible in that. She is, and just, obviously, she, she, I think she was an influence on the character design of Eivor, uh, a female, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and just the, yeah. the, the sheer presence she has everywhere she walks, mm-hmm. and people will back mm-hmm. off, even like, especially her foes, especially her enemies. Like, yeah, this is this is not going to go well for me, is it? No. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> I, I think there's something uh, a Viking chieftain, a female Viking chieftain, for me as, as something special. You know, yeah. A, yeah. I think I think you when you say Viking, you you think about that big masculine beardy dude mm. with the you know. Let, let's not talk about the horns with the uh, the helmet with the horns because that was not a thing at all. But no, when you're faced with a shield maiden with a big wolf skin on her shoulder, you know, and yeah. Those high, those tattoo on the lips and stuff like that. I mean, it's it's incredible. It gives you, a, yeah, it gives you kind of a fright. In yeah, a good in a bad yeah. way. <laughs> it does. I think some tribes had horns on their helmets and stuff. But I think the Celtic or Saxon and stuff. But let's not go there. You're right. Uh, no. The Vikings did not do that, but others did actually uh, in a kind of way. Mm-hmm. But let's not talk about. Well, maybe maybe it's at <laughs> the time period we studied. I no, no indeed. Indeed, just, yeah. yeah. There's, there's, no, there's no one sitting on top of a shield, as far as I'm aware. Anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, now we're going to get into the design questions. So brace yourself. Here we go. First one. The experience point system, which is required in every role-playing game, is anchored around the concept of the player interacting with the world that you've created. 
beautifully, by the way. Extraordinary world you created. Uh, and its inhabitants. And it basically grants them uh, progression based on what they do by actually interacting with the world. Uh, how was this developed? How, how did this come about? Was it something you wanted to grow from previous titles? Or was it something you you just felt that, well, we created this thing. How are we going to encourage people to explore it? How did, how was it, how did it come about? It's a great question because there was a lot of thinking behind how we would change the leveling system from Odyssey and Origins to make it evolve to what Valhalla has become. Yeah. What what we wanted is to be less straightforward, to be less like grinding experience and gating content because you're not high level enough. Uh, we wanted the world to provide you the power that you need to uh, reach the end of your saga and not necessarily your experience point. Obviously, you 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 gain you gain a lot of skill points that you invest in your skill tree, and you gain power from that. And you also gain power power from the gear that you collect and the gear that you upgrade in your settlement with your blacksmith. So there's multiple ways that you empower your character, and that's what we wanted to explore. We wanted the world to have more opportunities of power than just the classic kill stuff, gain experience, complete quit, gain experience, progress. You know what I mean? Yeah, you get away that's from a, the rat tail model. That's own words. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I think it's more, uh, and, and I think the, the skill tree has something special. Uh, some people find it a lot, a too, too overwhelming, and we're working on a, maybe a, a small little fix and a patch to come. Maybe I don't want to spoil anything, but something's no. going to make it a bit easier to explore, right? So yeah. we do hear the feedback. But still, I think it's a great tool to, to read. To, you know, once, once you leveled up, uh, you're, you're there. But with the skill tree, you can reorganize it so you, there's a, you can explore a whole new way to, uh, to play your character. And that's what we, we wanted to achieve as well. Uh, so we didn't want to, okay, you, you've unlocked all the abilities and then, okay, I changed the abilities I use. That's one thing with the ability tree. But hey, let's get let's make it hard for ourselves for this game. Let's build a skill tree on the side <laughs> that you can choose a branch, either full melee combat, assassination, or uh, the bow, or going more stealth, or more end to end, or more. And you really can tweak your character mm. uh, beyond the fact that uh, you gain levels. Yeah, well, let's just talk about the skill tree. Um, yep. Because I, you know, the most complex skill tree I've ever encountered outside of 4X games, which is another beast entirely, like Stellaris and stuff. That's a, that's a whole separate mm-hmm. thing. You know, Path of Exile, which is a much celebrated yes, action-adventure game. It's a glorious yes, thing. I, I knew this was a, that, that name was going to come. <laughs> and um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla does not sport that kind of complexity because Path of Exile is built around that concept. And once you then take that, that path... That path is that's the point of the name of the game, includes the title. That that's it. Whereas in as if you said, um yeah, you can actually delve into it, but it's no you can reset it, which is an extraordinarily brave move of you, because most people say, Oh no, you've made it now, and if you want to do this again, you have to do new game plus it and play it as a oh. stealthy person. Mm-hmm. You've already sort of hinted at that. Talk about it for a moment, but tell us how do you st- 
What did you do in the design of this? And I think I know the answer to this. My answer to, uh, how did you do to prevent the player from becoming overwhelmed by seeing this tree and seeing it? What did you do to make sure that they didn't go, what? What did you do? Okay. So uh, uh, I'm going to start by saying mm. the design of this kill tree is the work of many people. Yes. And I will try do my, I will do my best to uh, answer your question and uh uh, you know uh, the the best way possible, but it is a it is a an endeavor. It was a it was a challenge, and uh, how well it was exactly what you just said. How can we make that thing? First, we we wanted it to be big. It we I think we wanted it to be impressive, and we wanted it to have many options and add deepness to the game. Like I said, we we felt that only the abilities that you unlock through leveling. And spending ability points uh, is fine, but I think we we wanted to add more option, more customization option to your playstyle. And with the new fight system that was developed, because they're going side by in, you know, they're end in hands. The new fight system was completely redone for Valhalla. I'm sure that you heard about it with the dual wielding, with so many different weapons that develop so many playstyle, different playstyle, and depending on the weapons that you find, they got perks, and those perks, if they fit your playstyle, you can go and branch in the skill tree to maximize that playstyle. So yeah. how did we? Yeah. So I mean, we didn't want it to be so overwhelming. So so you 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 unveil parts of the skill tree, uh, part by part, depending on where you explore. So at first, you only see three nods. Then those nods open uh, a couple other nods. And depending on the path you're going, you're going to have most, mo- more constellation and skills offered to you that fit a, you know, that path that you chose. And at some point, if you unveil it all, yes, you can, re- you can uh, uh, refound your points and do it all over again. And that, of course, if you got 400 skill points, I think that's the maximum you can get. I'm not even sure if you can uh, uh, get them all from one playthrough, but it could be uh, a bit overwhelming to have to invest every single point. So, upcoming, there is going to be a feature that you can spend the points automatically. The game does it for you, and they balance things out for you. So, that's one way that we didn't want to overwhelm people that don't want to be so invested in that system. So, that's a small thing we did. Obviously, we tried to make it as beautiful as possible and as fun to explore as possible. That's why we choose the, the stars and the sky because this thing is so complicated. We didn't want to uh, make it like... Uh, we, don't, we wanted to add a bit of flavor to it, had a bit of emotion in it, not only be a spreadsheet, you know, that you're going from stats from uh, the other stats and from skills to skills. So uh, we, we tried to achieve that with the skill tree as well. I think the introduction of the or well, having the fog of war in it as well, like you open a bit and then it expands and more branches grow. That's really visually and also very rewarding to the player. Like, oh, what's this? Oh, I could go down that route. Oh, I could do this, and that that was very clever. And uh, credit you. to whoever come up with that <laughs> because that's because that's the very thing. Because if you knew how big it actually was, it's like oh, I can't. I'm just starting out. What's the point? You know, am I going to get to, you know, it's just so overwhelming and, and you've done a really good job of easing the player into because there's a lot to take in with Assassin's Creed Valhalla. 
a lot. And yeah, absolutely. And you've been doing this kind of game. Well, you've sort of been making these games for quite a while, and you know how to get the people. I'm going to use the phrase get the people, the players, to understand the lexicon of the game by meaning it's it's vocabulary, it's systems, it's mechanisms. It's a lexicon. It's basically once you get invested in it. It's like when you hear people, it's when you hear long-term Destiny players, right? Destiny 2 players. They're not even speaking in a language you can comprehend because like, I had no idea what you just said. <laughs> and it, they would speak, at, or indeed World of Warcraft, where they just talk about. Oh, you know, man, I was about to say when uh, when you start me on World of Warcraft and yeah, uh, and yeah. you're starting with the the little uh, word buzzwords here and there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, are you going to pull or what? It's gibberish. What yeah, are you are you, you going to pull or what? No, yeah. I thought you had aggro. My, no, my wife exactly. My <laughs> wife. That's just a funny a funny story. My wife actually at some point came to me and said, "I've been I've been here uh, listening to you like talking with your with your." Uh, 40-year-old uh, adolescents or teenagers that you play WoW with, and yeah. for 15 minutes, I didn't understand a single word. <laughs> <laughs> she was, what language are you speaking? Yeah, say, ah, it's, like, it's the language of Azeroth, lady. Yeah, Please. it's basically, I, I'm, I'm getting her shoulders. No, you haven't got, you haven't got any DKP. Yes, I have. No. <laughs> oh, boy. This is gibberish. It is gibberish. But let's go back to... Uh, the beloved Assassin's Creed game, which is a spectacle. Assassin's Creed games are well known and been as their like trademark has been a visual spectacle, an absolute event. I know the very first one. I, I brought back memories of playing Magic Carpet, and that was a bit of a spectacle as well. I mean, seeing the, the the landscape, you could sort of go across and granted, and I wasn't flying over it because no carpet, sad face, but. That aside, I was basically flying because I was jumping over, over off, uh, off the side of um, steeples from uh, from various religious buildings. So <laughs> um, now Valhalla is definitely not the exception at all. It's an extraordinarily visual epic. That's the only way to describe it. How have you found meeting the bar that Ubisoft keeps on raising every time it releases an Assassin's Creed title? What 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 kind of how have you found trying to meet and indeed exceed the the expectations of of uh, the audience well the, the 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 there's a couple secret ingredients that are not that secret uh, <laughs> to start is the the people behind uh those visual those art direction and let's talk about the world first mm. so uh, rafael lacoste which is hard directing assassin's creed since assassin's creed one is uh the man responsible with obviously his army of so talented artists and yeah. world builder and i mean there's so many people that work the, the lighting and everybody so it's not a, it's not a single man task but you do need a captain, and uh, Raphael uh, has been doing a, tr- a fantastic job for, for, for so long. And it's such an honor to work with that guy, to be honest with you. Um, so he did, he did, he did he, the world, our, our direction since, since Assassin 1. What else, what else could you need for explanation? <laughs> the yeah, guy is like, yeah. keep challenging himself. And he did, he did, he did the, 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 the first opus, and then he switched uh, at Origins. He, he did, uh, they did uh, Egypt. Uh, Odyssey was developed in Quebec City. But it was, I think it was influenced by the, uh, the development of the other AC. And they work, we work in collaboration, 
but uh, I mean, uh, so uh, Raphael uh, did the art direction for Valhalla, obviously. So that was uh, super great. And I think that what makes that game so beautiful, it's not only visually, but the narratives. The narratives of the game are super important uh, for uh, for us and Darby McDevitt, which is the narrative director, again uh, exceeded himself uh, on developing that storyline. That's that's very uh, that's captivating people's imagination. I think the the feedback on the storyline is good. It's, it's, it's I can't even say great. And those those uh, with the music. Uh, I'm jumping from narrative to music with Aldo Sampino, who's the the, the sound director building that soundtrack and those sound effects, but that soundtrack with uh, three different musicians uh, was uh, a feat of strength. And the product, the, the mix all that, that all those great fresh ingredients into big solid ball and that, and you got the world of, of Valhalla. And obviously uh, on the end to tie it up with a fantastic UI. <laughs> but uh, I think that's how we, we keep pushing the envelope and making uh, game that people uh, world that people fall in love with yeah yeah I'd, I think you're right it's the people of course it is it's the people involved in this creation that's how the bar is raised that's how you do it it's not some magical algorithm of course it isn't no it's the vision of the people and the people and their competence and their expertise and their talent and uh, the, the fact that you have the same director working on what it's now been 13 years yeah, uh, almost. Yeah, because yeah, I remember it's 2007, 2008, isn't it? I think 12 years maybe. Yeah, but, the Quest uh, director is there for uh, for a couple of ECs as well. Philippe Bergeron. There's so many. I I'm naming names. I just want. I don't. I'm gonna no. name everybody that I no. think of that make this game this game great. Because we would be here all night. <laughs> but uh, I think that yeah, like you said, it's the people and th there's some key key uh, some people there that are key that embodied the spirit of Assassin's Creed. You know. Yeah. They embodied the Assassin's Creed and the, the way that Assassin's Creed evolved to become what it is today mm. and make sure, uh, you can be sure that they're already thinking and we're already thinking of what could Assassin's Creed become in the future. Indeed. Who knows? But, uh, I mean, it's just released at, just at a time, a very fascinating time with the, the new platforms of which I do, ha I do own. And uh, I've been playing on Xbox Series X and it's extraordinary, extraordinary uh, visual delight and uh, really does show off the machine. Very very well, so well done. Um, that, that couldn't Glad have been a, like it. yeah, it couldn't have been a mean feat actually. Because I also got a copy because I upgraded my uh, CP my computer's CPU of Horizon. And like, yeah, here's a copy of Assassin's Creed Valhalla for your efforts. Like, okay, <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> so, so I've got it twice now. I've got it on the Xbox and also on a PC, and I've been comparing the two, and it's virtually identical. So good job. <laughs> Good job. Oh, well, you can never get an NFL no. in your life. No, it's nice to be sitting at the office desk and occasionally going, you know what, I feel like punching people in the face with an axe. Speaking of which... Let's go. Go raid something. <laughs> Let's go raid something. Let's go. Would you come back for, uh, from the, the store making some Christmas gift and you're like yeah. enraged? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Let's, go, let's go raid something. Let's yeah. go. Let's go. <laughs> Take the edge off. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've, been in, I've been to local supermarket and I just couldn't get the particular... Oh, roast potatoes I wanted, and now I'm just gonna. I'm I know, just gonna, right? I had right. to get a replacement. You know, no one likes that, but anyway. So I take a, I take a rage out. So last question. I know all good things Already? must. I know all good things must come to an end, my friend. But here we are. 
I've noticed in Assassin's Creed Valhalla that the player does not have to use stealth in their attacks. Because they're a Viking, yeah. for pity's sake. Right? Mm. Um, and um, and but they, they can be rewarded by taking a more, how can we put it, tactical approach to their engagements. How have you found designing engagements that encompass, that allow the player the to approach it either on a full-on head-on assault, which is perfectly valid, or to actually be a bit more tactical? How have you found making engagements that are challenging to both types of player? What have you found? What have you done? Um I'm going to sound like a broken record, but again, this, those fine. systems are the are, are, those systems are the work of many, many talented people. And but I, I'm going to say that it's it's not an easy challenge. I mean that that debate around Assassin's Creed being not being an Assassin's Creed because they're you're not stealthing all the time, climbing rooftop and jumping on people to stab them in the in the neck. And it's, uh, I think it's a, it's a discussion that's worth having, and it's a, it's a subject that is, it's, it's real. I mean, uh, uh, some people do miss more stealthy assassination in the game. Some other couldn't care less. Uh, and it's, fri- it's trying to find that balance. Like, like you said, Assass- uh, Valhalla is, is, is a Viking game. Okay, it's a Viking game. You're living the Viking fantasy like you live the pirate fantasy in Black Flag. Okay, and we didn't want we wanted that to be pure. Like we wanted the Viking fantasy to be. If you want to be a Viking all the time, then you can. But we also, with the introduction of the other blade, in a, in a, I think in a in a kind of cool moment in the game, and um, I don't want to spoil it, but no. Eivor Eivor puts the anyway. I, I'm going to spoil it. So if you don't <laughs> want to get any spoilers, just just. Like press pause for a minute. Yeah. But Eivor puts the blade on top of her of her arm and not underneath. And she <laughs> I like this part so much. Yeah. And she tells the two assassins to give them the blade and she's like, I don't want to make the same mistake you did. I don't want to lose a finger. <laughs> yeah. And, and and it's look at that beautiful weapon. Why would I hide it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So that's exactly how, how we approached it. Mm. So she she's a Viking, but she's gonna learn how to use that tool. Yeah, and yeah. you can stealth an Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Maybe yeah. it's not as as forthcoming as it used to be, but you can go crazy stealthing. Uh, I think you can like a thing I like to do is when I go in a raid, I send my troops. They're de- they're debarking, but me, I'm not following them on, up front. I say, okay, guys, go make a diversion. I'm going around and I'm I'm stealth, you know, stealthing my way. And then we meet in the middle. So yeah. that's, that's something you can do. Uh, uh, you you enter into a, um, a military location. You can stealth until you're caught. And stealthing, you get, you get better at it. I, I don't think that the, we reach perfection. Uh, I, I'm not saying that. But it's a, it's a work in progress. I think we, we keep on working out how to find the perfect balance. So that, that's that's I think your question: How do we? How, what what would we have in our minds when designing this? And it's mm. try to finding the balance, yeah. And having stealth in the game without uh, without denting the Viking fantasy. Yeah, well, having is that said a good that, answer? no, perfect answer. And what most people don't realize is actually your Vikings were raiders, right? To be a mm-hmm. successful raider, sometimes they needed to creep up. On their enemies, sometimes, especially uh, yeah. battle, you know, escarpments or fortresses or something like that, where they were just they weren't there 
to settle in many regards. Some some of them did. I'm probably a product of that. But <laughs> a lot of them didn't. And they were there raiding. And in order to do that successfully, they'd have to ambush. And in order to ambush, they had to stealth. So, yes, sure. they, you sure. know, when, when they're, when they're full-on you know, frontal assault, yes, they're terrifying. And they were right, yes. But they also were very good at um, being, uh, laying ambush to unsuspecting soldiers and guarding large lumps of, uh, Absolutely. of cash. Absolutely. So, so that's how I saw it. And to be frank with you, I actually found myself flipping between, my brain was flipping between two skill sets. There was my Demon's Soul skill set <laughs> when I was taking on the bosses and dodging and weaving and like, where's the opening? Where's the opening? There it is, in, 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 and then dodging out again. And that's fine. And you, you are unapologetic yeah. about it because they are wonderful games. The, you know, they're, they're just, they're... Yeah, the first time you encounter a Zealot Warrior, oh. that's, uh, I've, been, I've been looking at Twitch and people had a hard time with this, with this dude. But it was great to watch because people kept kept trying and at some yeah. point they killed him yeah yeah you're just like oh okay so I just yeah. my brain just went oh there you go to switch to there Chris yeah. you could you could yeah. dodge out the way in and yeah. out again <laughs> it's something it's something really special watching people play like this on on, on Twitch with the the fight designer yeah. Marco was next to me and he was like what is he doing take that weapon you got a quick weapon take that fast yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, I I don't do heavy heavy swings uh, on those encounters. You just get in, you nibble away. Death by a thousand cuts. It works for me. Exactly. <laughs> you got it from the from the fight designer. So. <laughs> and then the other the my, my other brain is well, I actually go into Assassin's Creed, the first one. What I've learned to do that is actually to focus on targets exclusively and go. I'm going to take this one out, and then once it's gone, I then pull him away tied him away or him or her and then go for the next one and then the next one uh, and that's really satisfying as well when you pull it off when you pull yeah. it off it's just like oh yeah the, well, I love the point when you're like this is a restricted area and I said yeah I know everyone's dead yeah exactly. <laughs> and, and at some point myself I'm like okay I stilted my way through 90% of the location yeah. but then at the end you get busted and you're like oh no yeah, and no, then yeah. you, 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 you kill two of the guards in action mode and there everybody oh they're all dead they're all dead <laughs> yeah and again the the the, the doesn't assassin's creed there's never recently as hasn't fallen for the problem of once you break the stealth or your or your cover's blown that's it it's all over you're dead doesn't do a metal gear on you <laughs> yeah no. you know whereas in metal gear it's like that's the whole point you know you're just one dude with a little pop you know little pea shooter and that's the point of that game you're you that's your master of stealth uh, yeah, whereas, so you got you know, options. You got, you got options. options. You got options. Um, but uh, well, I could with uh, I could ask you another thousand questions again here, and I think we covered pretty much all the bases that I wanted to. Uh, and it we would do be a, a pleasure to answer a thousand more of your questions. Maybe another time, my friend. <laughs> Maybe another time. But Assassin's Creed Valhalla, developed and published by Ubisoft, small outfit. You might have heard of them. Uh, <laughs> is out now and. I've I hand over to you what platforms it's on because I've got written down here Windows PC, Xbox One, Xbox Series X and S, PS4 and PS5. I believe that's Stadia. correct. And Stadia. Yep. See? Yep. There you go. I always miss one. Although almost almost yeah, all of all of them. Almost all of them. So all of all of the all of the current ones and the ninth gen, which is exciting stuff. 
Oh yes, the next gen stuff is happening it's, at the same time of our launch. Is it's very it feels we feel privileged. Yeah, uh, yeah. To to launch yeah. with this the Xbox Series X and the the game looks amazing on every platform. But mm. like everybody know, I mean those next gen got some power. You know? So <laughs> that's you an better buckle your seatbelt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, Nicholas, it's been wonderful having you on the show. Uh, it's and, been my honor and pleasure, sir. And uh, of course, you're more than welcome to come back because we've had a lot of return guests over the years because we've been well, going that long if and your audience <laughs> want me back i'll be uh, running <laughs> <laughs> so you're more than welcome to come back to chat about whatever else you're going to be working on in the future i don't i don't know but uh, again the the invitation you're pushing against an open door so uh, nicholas thanks very much thank you very much chris you have been listening to the sausage factory podcast part of the cane and rinse collective Support us for just two US dollars per month at patreon.com forward slash cane and rinse for early, extended, and exclusive podcasts. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, and at our website, caneandrinse.com.